Welcome to the Leader to Leader podcast. I'm your host, Susan Spears. Our guest today is Mark Steele. He is the president of the Title Professionals here in the Fredericksburg, Virginia region. Mark, welcome to Leader to Leader. Thank you, Susan. I am delighted to see you here this morning as we are recording on this early day in March of 2023. We have both just come from a rotary meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, as I read a little bit about your bio to our listeners, they'll, they'll learn a little bit more about you in rotary. Let me share a little about your background. Mark has over 30 years experience in the title industry. He's a licensed title insurance agency mm. who is also Virginia certified title examiner. He worked for a national underwriter and national title agency before opening the title professionals in 2001. Mark is a graduate of Virginia Tech with a BS in marketing education and an MBA. And he's also a very proud Hokie, which is a Virginia Tech thing. Maybe we'll get into that in a minute or two. What is a Hokie? <laughs> yes, that, that's his language right there. He is a member of the Fredericksburg Area Association of Realtors and of the Fredericksburg Area Builders Association. And here at the Chamber of Commerce, he is a former chair of the board and very much a part of my leadership journey. He was chair of the board in my second year as president, so... Uh, I have a lot of great memories of working really closely uh, with Mark Steele in that capacity. Currently, he is the president of the Rappahannock Fredericksburg Rotary Club, and he is past president of the Stafford Rotary Club. He's been in the Fredericksburg area since 1988, which I tend to recall was a good year, 1988. I was in college. <laughs> It was pretty awesome. But well, you, you've had quite an impact in our community since you've been here, young man. Well, thank you, Susan. And uh, I really appreciate the young man comment. <laughs> right, right. So it, it is it is pretty impressive, um, the things that you do, because really, Mark is a small business owner. That can take up all of your time, as you know. And you, you could spend just your time doing well with that. But you've always, um, since since Title Professionals has been in existence, you've had a commitment to giving back to the community, and you've done this in a lot of different ways. So I want to talk about what has inspired you to do that, and I also want to hear about your leadership journey, okay? So so first, tell me about that, about kind of the journey that led you into leading a business and then doing the things you do in the community. Well, I guess I've always considered myself a uh, a bit of a check charge person. Always wanted to be the president of the club in high school and fraternity president, things of that nature. wasn't never never particularly good at it, but uh, it's, it's what I wanted to do. When I got out of school, I taught school down in uh, when I got out of Virginia Tech. I taught school down in Southwest Virginia for five years and worked on a master's in business administration while I was doing that. And uh, went to work for a title insurance underwriter as a management trainee. Uh, put together. Uh, transaction to purchase an agency here in Fredericksburg and moved here in the late 80s and, and managed a branch for them in the uh, uh, through the 90s uh, they acquired another company at the end of the 90s uh, the music stopped and I didn't have a chair and uh, needed something to do so I went out and started my own business and um, it's worked out fairly well I'm, I'm glad that glad I did it glad I had the opportunity to work that way uh, I've uh, always tried to be active in community through JC's or uh, church or uh, through Rotary, I've been in, a, in two different Rotary clubs over about 30 years, and uh, I just find it rewarding to be able to do things to help, help this community, which has uh, been very beneficial to me and my family. 
Uh, yeah, you certainly are. You've been involved in so many different things, and people really know you uh, because of that. It's one thing to, I don't know, stroke a check. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but you not only give back in different ways financially, but you go ahead and do the work, too. Well, I try, and I try and encourage the folks in my office to do, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what, has there been an example or other things through your life that you saw that led you to want to give back that way? I uh, just generally find that uh, folks who help in the community and help uh, others who need some help, uh, it generally it benefits them both uh, spiritually uh, but as well financially in the long run. Mm-hmm. I, well, I've I've noticed, um, I think that title professionals, if, if memory serves me, would pick a different organization. I, I can't recall if it was monthly or annually that you all would do a certain amount that you gave back to. Yeah, we generally do it quarterly. We've done uh, we've done in Powerhouse. We've done MICA. We've done Friends of the Rappahannock. We've done the Salvation Army, uh, Hope House, uh, a number of the uh, good causes in the community. So isn't it a certain amount per transaction or something, a percentage uh, or something? We've, that you ge- we've generally done $20 per closing yeah. to help support those things. We're, doing, we're currently doing in Powerhouse this quarter. And it really adds up. Certainly in busier times. In slower times, <laughs> not quite so much, but yes. Yeah, and that market, that's a whole other story, <laughs> right? It goes up and down because in the time I've been involved with the business community, um, we, you know, we had the um, recession, that's such a hideous word, in the late 2000s, right? Sure. Um, and that, that I was, I'd been at the chamber a couple of years when that happened. That was, that was rough and Absolutely. certainly hit the housing industry. Then we had in this area, we had some issues with sequestration right. around 2012, 13 in that time period. And then more recently, the bad word is COVID. Yes. <laughs> Actually, right. actually, COVID uh, yeah. was, was quite a benefit for the real estate market. Sure it, it was. was uh, it, 20 was our best year, and 21 was a little bit better. I do tell the story of, uh, you know, we opened, in, we opened in June of 2001. Our grand opening Chamber of Commerce ribbon cutting down on Charles Street was on September 13th, 2001, two days after 9-11. It was a less than festive atmosphere. Goodness. Um, you can kind of, you can, I bet you that's just so ingrained in your memory, everything about that day. Indeed it was, yeah. You yeah. Know, and it's... Believe it or not, by no, I was wondering whether I'd go over to Dahlgren and find some kind of job after closing the business down. But uh, we actually were turning business away by November because of the, mm-hmm. the the they cut the rates and interest rates drop and people were refinancing and buying and so forth. So it was it actually was sort of a benefit again for the real estate community. And for a while, then this area was booming um, with a lot that was happening through the federal government, being you know where we were located, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and that continues to be the case. I mean, the Fredericksburg region is still the fastest growing region in the Commonwealth since 1970. And so it does have, we do have those ups and downs, but overall our location is really quite a benefit. Absolutely. I remember we had a uh, someone that was on the board same time I was who made the comment that it's in a community like this, in a market like this, it's uh, kind of hard not to succeed. 
Yeah, and our right and our problems. You, you've been involved with our, our our transportation committee here at the chamber. Yes, and our big issue. Um, if if you're a listener from somewhere else in the world and you're looking up the Fredericksburg, Virginia region, you'll see we're right on the lower tip below Northern Virginia, outside of Washington D.C. We're located 50 miles south and 50 miles north of the capital of Virginia, Richmond. Right, right off 95, which is all of that sounds great, but it's also our biggest problem here. You know, with the, we, we call it a transportation crisis. Right. Fredericksburg's a town with a lot of small-town charm and not many big city problems except traffic, and the traffic is yeah. horrendous. Yeah. It, it's like we'll, we'll make the national news for traffic. It's exciting. Right. right. So that's something we continue to work on because, you know, you got to move around. And so it's it's a continuous a continuous thing here. Absolutely. Well, you, you know, you, to me, are one of the most interesting people and leaders I know. So we have a lot of fun. I learned a lot um, in my time working with you. So um, for our listeners, I was new in the role here as president. Um, I'd been in the role for about a year. I'd worked at the chamber about seven years at the time when Mark stepped up and said, yes, I'll chair the board. And um, I don't know if you can tell from listening to his voice, he's got one of those exteriors that, you know, he's a little quiet and um, you could get the wrong impression. He seems tough, and uh, he is tough, but tough in a good way. I always thought of him, as I got to know you, Mark, as tough and so kind and caring and giving um, uh, underneath the, hi, how are you, exterior. Um, did so much to support um, everything that happened successfully here for the time I worked with you, and I just think you should get all the shout outs in the world for the way you um, actually are like a one-on-one very supportive leader well thank you Susan I I try uh, occasionally around the office say I'm an SOB but I'm a fair SOB (laughs) yeah fair is true Uh, one of the questions that I have that I'll standardly ask folks on the program is how you would describe your leadership style um I, I'm big on trying to build consensus, talking to the folks that are involved, getting them to buy in what we do. And, you know, certainly in the business side, at the end of the day, it's it's not a democracy. Someone's got to make a decision on that kind of thing. But I do seek people's input and uh, try and weigh it out and get them to buy into where, where we're going there. Um, I'm a big believer in challenging the system, trying to figure out better ways to do things. Yes. Um, we'll talk about that slogan or motto in a little while. Oh, Okay. What characteristic do you think every leader should possess? I think you need to be adaptive. I think that ah, uh, things yeah. are always changing, and you need to be willing to change and adapt and make those changes as, as necessary. I mean, we're not doing what we did 21 years ago in the title business. Things change every day, and you need to be aware of that and don't hold hold on too tightly to the traditions. Yeah, and sometimes it, it seems like the speed of change around us is it, is it because we're a little older, or is it because it really is moving fast? Nah, probably a little of both. You think? <laughs> really funny. Oh, man. What advice would you give to someone that's starting out and, you know, perhaps in your industry or even as a, wanting to do more in the community? I would say just uh, keep your options open. Um, you know, be aware of uh, opportunities that are out there. And... Um, you know, don't be afraid to fail. Uh, I think that's a big part of life, too. If you, um, 
if you if you don't ever do anything, you don't get in trouble. You don't make mistakes. But if you don't do that, you don't grow either. Uh, generally, growing involves a certain amount of uncomfortableness. Yes. And uh, you know, it's just part of life. In order to get better, that's what you have to do. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I the times that I've failed, I've I've become so much more resilient and stronger from it. Right. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I have a, one of the things they around the business is you don't get in trouble for doing something. You get in trouble for not doing something. As long right. as you as long as you can justify the decision you made and why you did it, I'm generally okay with that. So looking at the landscape of the last few years, what's what's been the toughest for you over the last, it's easy to say the last three years. Uh, well, certainly COVID was, was a challenge. Uh, you know, it was very um you know, rubbing shoulders with strangers and wearing masks, do all that kind of thing. There was a, there's something in Virginia that allows, it's called remote online notary that allows you to notarize documents remotely, but uh, none of the lenders were willing, really willing to accept it. We put a lot of money and invested a lot of time and energy into it and did it about 10 times in two years, so we kind of moved away from that. Um, you know, the rates have gone up over the past year and a half or so, so the market slowed down and so forth. And now basically what we're hearing is that uh, there's not a lot of inventory out there. There's really nothing to, right. to sell, so that's really impacted uh, you know, our market. Do you, Just in your opinion, do you see that changing? A lot of people are talking about a spring market. I guess we'll see how that goes. Um now, I don't see the rates dropping anytime soon. You know, the past, you know, you talked about the you know, the O one rates dropped significantly there. In the in the recession in 08, mm-hmm. 09, the rates dropped significantly there. We did a ton of refinance business. And even in the mid teens, uh, there was a quite a bit of slowdown. The rates dropped back down to a pretty low level. During COVID it dropped down. I bought a house in uh, in twenty twenty and the rates two and a half percent. It was wild there for I right. mean houses were selling in a day. Right. People were buying houses sight unseen, mm-hmm. you know, not even mm-hmm. not even walking in them. Just you know, it, it was crazy. So yeah, it's just it's just so many things over the last couple of years that that are you know you think you know the world around you and then it just shifts. Right. Yeah. So, but but praise God, we're here. Absolutely. You know, and some of the things that bring us joy. So some of the things because I did get to know you so well as chairman. So we have in common that we like big dogs. Yes, retrievers. Yes, mine are black labs, and yours are golden retrievers. Yeah, yeah, and you, so you've you've had goldens for how long? Uh, since we got married back in uh, mid eighties. Got married, so he's mentioning his lovely bride. Maybe you should say a word and give her a shout out here. Uh, hello, darling. My <laughs> my wife of uh, almost forty one years, yes. Joyce. Yes, and so so, you know. I love it because you bring you bring the dog to work. I do. I love it. Many, many days. I'm very jealous of that. Sometimes I'll see you walking downtown, like on a break or something. Yeah, but but what is it about them? Tell me about the joy of that breed and that dog, and something that's special about them. Well, I think the biggest thing with Golden is they're very eager to please. They really want you to be happy with them, and they'll they're pretty intelligent. They're willing. To, they can learn things, and they um, they really want you to be happy with them. Oh, I know. They're just the sweetest. They are. They are very affectionate too. Yes. Oh, 
yeah. I, I one I had. Um, pro, I think I had when when while you were here um, was a Golden Lab mix. Uh-huh. Um, Eddie was his name. Right. Black black. I remember Eddie. Yeah, his mom was a Golden Retriever. That was a perfect dog. Right. Yeah, they bring us joy. So uh, just just the, you you have to have those things in life. The other thing that we often talk about is different sports, particularly the NFL. And you are a big fan of? Uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, and you have been for a long time because? Uh, uh, <laughs> I've been a fan since 1970. I grew, yeah. I grew up in Richmond. In Richmond, you were either a Redskin fan or a Cowboy fan. And I was, I've always been a bit of a nonconformist, I guess. There was Contrary. A, there was a fellow, Ken Willard, who was from Richmond, who played for the 49ers. And I just sort of started following them. They had a pretty good record in 71, 70, 71, 72. And uh-huh. then... The rest of the seventies, they were kind of bad, and then the eighties, they sort of Joe Montana came to town, and yeah. the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, it is. It's been it's been good. So so we joke back and forth. I'm a um, Patriots fan, as sure. some of the listeners know, and so we often talk about that. And uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo went out to the 49ers, I thought you had the best of everything. Um, it's been interesting. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'll just well, leave it at that, right? Um, you know, they ha- they haven't quite gotten over the hump, but they they've had a pretty good run. It certainly beats uh, not watching your team in January. Yes, yes, and and honestly, this program being leader to leader and it's about leadership and so forth. Um, I, I get so many lessons out of watching sports and seeing how the teams and the leaders and the coaches, the different things there. You know, are, are there any per- particular players or coaches in general that have inspired you? Um, how about Frank Beamer with the Hokies? Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech coach tell me more. For, for about 30 years. Well, he was, you know, he was, he was brought in in 1987 after they'd uh, – Fired the previous coach, and he was there long, you know, four or five years. Had not had much success. In his sixth year, nineteen ninety-two, they went two ten and one. Um, and in today's world, you know, anybody would have been fired in that scenario. The story is that the athletic director David Brain, uh, about in October, decided rather than going to church on Sunday morning and hearing uh, everybody tell him how much he needed to fire Beamer. Uh, he started going to the football coaches' meetings, and uh, he said the Beamer never once resented it, welcomed him there, and so forth. Liked everything he said, he saw. Matter of fact, that year, I believe the two ten and one year, they were they had fourth quarter leads in like nine or ten of those games. Um, so the president at the end of the year said, "What do you think?" And the brain said, "I think he's our guy. I like him." And he said, "That's all I need to hear." They kept him. The next year, they went to a bowl, and they went to a bowl for thirty straight years. After mm-hmm. that, he became the um, you know the greatest football coach, and certainly in the state's history. And as you listen to that example, like that piece, that moment in time, if Beamer had been a leader that was ego-driven, right, he could have blown it right then. Absolutely. And just, you know, he, there was that moment mm-hmm. in time where he put his thoughts or ego aside to say, I don't mind if you're here. Come on in and look. Right. And look where it led. We, we had a basketball coach who did have that ego problem. He's now working for ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that might be okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> right? It's probably a good, a good fit for him. Yeah, do you, do you, speaking of ESPN, do you like Stephen A. Smith? You, and before you answer that, I, 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 I love the dude. I love him. I find him entertaining, yes. Yeah. Um, he has a new podcast. I don't know how much you listen to podcasts, but this past year he put out a podcast called No Mercy. 
and he talks about things besides just sports. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm on this big, I got his book. I'm really enjoying Stephen A. Smith. He's not exactly typical. But I think one of the things that I enjoy about listening to him, Mark, is he's, he's Gen X. He's uh, around my age. And so he's got, he's, we see the world culturally, like through music and things like that, around that, coming up at the same time. Other than that, life's very different. Right. But it makes you have a, a perspective that perhaps is a dialogue that, that, Reaches somebody my age that might not, somebody a different age. I don't know. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, but he talks about civility a lot and true leadership lessons, whether they are um, leaders that you're seeing in politics, leaders in sports, uh, leaders just out in in music and acting and all of those things, uh, entertainment industry, all across the board. And so I've been enjoying listening to him. He challenges my thinking. I like being challenged. What yeah, about you? Yeah, no, I think it's always good to look at different perspectives and have people mm-hmm. tell you to consider something that maybe you never considered before. Yeah, so he gives me a lot to think about. So you just when you said ESPN, it made me think of him. Yeah, but I, I watch a lot of a lot of that stuff. So you're in you're in we're in basketball. We are. Season. Yeah, you'll, you'll be pe- you'll be picking your brackets here real soon, won't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's an old story. We're back in when he was chair, and I really didn't know. And he sent Mark sent an email over to me because VCU, where I went to school, they were having a good year for the first time, what like ever, mm. <laughs> maybe with basketball. I don't know. I don't watch it back then, and definitely not VCU basketball. Uh, no offense, I'm a music major. But um, anyway, he said, you know, he since he's a new chair of the board, hadn't been with him long, and he sends me this thing about what's your bracket or so- something. I don't know. I think we were supposed to meet, and you suggested we get a home team grill, and it was the, yeah. fri- the, fir- the Friday of the first weekend of uh, the NCAA tournament. I said, oh, you want to check your brackets? Yeah, and I read his message easily 10 times and couldn't figure <laughs> out what that meant. So I went across the hall to uh, Whitney Watts that worked with me. She's awesome, uh, if you're listening, Whitney. And by the way, she just loves you. And I said, do you, do you know what he's talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and she did. So she actually wrote an answer for me to give you, even though I didn't know what it meant. There so later go. we all laughed about it. And I actually learned a lot from it. And now I now I can discuss it. And, Good. And actually, whenever I'm talking to some um uh, ladies in leadership, sometimes I suggest, and I don't know what people think of it, but in my journey, being able to talk sports has been a helpful thing um, for me when connecting with gentlemen in business and so forth, especially when you're contrary and you're a Patriots fan in Virginia, um, lots of um, back in the day, especially with Belichick and Brady. That's an, a conversation starter right there. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So it works. And by the way, we were right, and we were great for a long time. Any- <laughs> and but I think VCU is having a pretty good season this year. I think they might be in the tournament. So All right. Well, wanna... I'll cheer for them. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely Go Rams. will. I get excited for like a few minutes about it because right. I'm like, yeah, it is my school. Yay. I did go to one game when I was at VCU. One game. I did. At the Coliseum? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did. There was a little shuttle bus over mm-hmm. to the door. It was my sure. freshman year. Mm-hmm. To the dorm, and we all went. So I can say I did go. You there know? you go. And, and we would see the, the players um, on campus, you know, because there was this sure. cafeteria and all that. And they, they they were amazing. But I was a music major, so it was a bit, you know, I just see them around some. It I was gotcha. super cool, though. You weren't in the marching band or anything there? No. No, no. I wasn't in high school, though. Oh, okay. I admit it. What was your What was your instrument? Um, in, uh, in the band, it was flute and piccolo. I see. 
Okay. <laughs> did you just learn something new? I think I did, yes. <laughs> I did. Yes, I did that. And um, I started playing the flute in fourth grade, actually. How about that? How about that? I, I have no musical skills. <laughs> so it's important, um, folks that are listening, conversations, you find out something new, even if it's a somewhat meaningless fact, you still find it out as you get to know people. Right. It's awesome sitting down with you. And this morning, um, as usual, Mark was presiding over the Rappahannock Rotary meeting. And I'm just so proud to see you in that role and all the things that you've done uh, with our Rotary Club that makes a difference. Do you want to give Rotary a shout out? Uh, Rotary's a great organization. I've been involved for about 30 years. Um, it's, it's done a lot for me over the years. Mark, and, and, and what, what, are, what are some of the great things that they do? Uh, we help support uh, any number of causes in the area. We provide dictionaries to every third grader in Spotsylvania County each year. We're hoping to expand that to Caroline this year. We're looking for a grant from Rappanic Electric Co-op to help pay for that. Uh, we... You know what? I'll, I'll stop you on the, the dictionary thing because I've done that. <laughs> Excuse me. I've done that with you. Uh-huh. And I know in today's world, um, we get pushback sometimes. They'll say, you're giving out dictionaries. People can look anything up. But having gone out there to the schools and, and handed them out and met right. with the classes, it really is cool, isn't it? I think yeah. it's a great experience. And yeah. I think that once someone goes and actually sees the kids, it really helps uh, ingrain that. Yes. Yeah, and to think that when you're handing them these these dictionaries and they have the little rotary um, emblem and stuff in them. But when we hand them that, um, it it's a neat thing for them to actually be able to look through and learn from. So I think it's super cool. I think so. Certainly, mm-hmm. I think there's some kids, it's probably maybe the first book they've ever received. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, just this morning in Rotary, among the, the things that our, our club does, um, that, that isn't even a sanctioned, planned thing, but members of the club kind of pulled together here and supported a local fundraiser that supported MICA, um, which is in support of some of the homeless folks in right, our right. community. And um, one of the one of the members of our club rallied a bunch of other members to get involved with an event over the weekend. I think she said they raised over 11000 I think we were the third, our club. third or fourth yeah. largest uh, contributor to that group. We, yeah. The whole thing raised about $160,000 yeah. when they're their budget or the goal was fifty nine. So yeah, you just it was never quite know. a success. Yeah, the community really came out. It was the Absolutely. coldest it, night. It was a nice, really nice event. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so there there you have it. Um, just you just touch on it. There's stuff everywhere you turn. Ways to give back and make a difference in the community. Thank you for everything that you do. You're welcome. Thank you for your support. Yeah. So as we start to wind down our our time together, do you have a favorite motto or saying that you would want to share with our listeners? You know, I. I st- struggled with that for a while and I asked one of my staff members before I walked out the, the door to come over here today and they said uh, yeah, here it is so I'm a, like I said I'm a big believer in challenging the system I ask people to make suggestions try to do things and if they say have we ever thought about doing this and someone says no we've always you know we've always done it this way uh-huh. and my response is well maybe we've always done it wrong uh, I like it thank you for that you're welcome and anything else you would want to share with our listeners uh no uh just uh, I'm, uh it's it's been a great experience being associated with the chamber of commerce for the last well heck 30 years but certainly 20 years as an entrepreneur uh i know susan does a great job over here and uh, i look forward to uh listening to some of these podcasts and 
Maybe I'll dredge up some other folks that I know that and see what they had to hear what they had to say about this process. Yeah, you should do that. There are a lot of people that you know that I'm have, sure have been on, and you would enjoy some of their stories too. I'm certain. Right. And I appreciate that we even got to fit in a little bit about those dogs that we love. Love the dog. Jake, Jake just got back from two weeks in Florida. He got to swim most every day in the ocean. So oh, that's a He had happy a good time. He, he, he smelled pretty bad. He got a got a bath in the shower before we came back. So I was going to say, are you on your way to the groomers? Right. Well, I think that's in the near future. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. It's my, my pleasure. All right. Well, thanks for our listeners for spending the time with us today. I'm Susan Spears, and our guest today was Mark Steele, the president of the Title Professionals, located here in the Fredericksburg, Virginia region. If you've not already liked or subscribed to the Chambers We Are Business podcast, please go ahead and do so. That way you'll know when new episodes are available and you'll help us to grow our audience. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.